Welcome to the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Curran. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He was up all night getting ready for the baseball picks, and we're giving you the football picks on Wednesday, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man of the people in the room. Brian Kelly, you are a joke. Bada boom. Welcome into Ride the Line. Greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. I was waiting for the, how you do it. I didn't know we were going right into the Brian Kelly slander. Oh, he sucks. He's terrible. He is. He is terrible. That team thinks, he said it right after the game. I will give him that. He's like, we thought we were the Georgia Bulldogs coming out of the second half and didn't have to play. They had to play. They were terrible in the first half. They got stopped on fourth and one. They had six plays inside the five-yard line to begin the game and could not get in the end zone. It was the worst coaching display I've ever seen in my life. But you know what? It's no surprise. It's no surprise from Brian Kelly. Like, I, I was watching the game. The first half went our way. I said I felt good about the second half, but I shouldn't have because Brian Kelly was coaching this team, and he's terrible. He Any guy that develops a Southern draw two hours into arriving in Baton Rouge. When my they family. My family and my family. When you were, you were at Notre Dame in the Midwest – for like years and then you show up at LSU and you talk to Kim Mulkey one hour and you think you're a damn Louisianan, whatever the word is. You are a joke, Brian Kelly. Here's the thing. So, I mean, look, I still think Yelsey was a good team. I think they obviously deserved to lose yesterday or, you know, whatever day when you're hearing this, but like, I don't know. I just never understood why LSU was in the top like eight or top six for They're national five. championship odds, whatever five. it was. Five. They were they were in the top five for national championship odds. Yeah, you have, well, I don't know national. They were top AP top twenty five, top number five in that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about actual national championship odds. I mean the the, the ranking too, sure. But like you have Alabama and Georgia right there. Are are they better than Michigan? No, they're not. Are they better than Ohio State? I mean Ohio State didn't look great. I'm Kyle McCord didn't make me you know didn't win me over, but I would still put Ohio State ahead of them. I would put maybe even Clemson ahead of them. There's a lot of teams you can point to before you would get to LSU. So to an extent, I'm glad the hype has been killed a little bit because they were just a little too high on most people's boards. Yeah, LSU is a joke. I don't think Florida State's that good either, though, honestly. I don't think Florida State can compete with the big dogs in the SEC by any means. Because I'm not calling LSU a big dog. Not by any means. They, they had too much success on offense against Florida State. Well, there's only one team that I failed to mention as well, USC. There's a very select group of teams that, you know, if if everything stays the way it should, like injuries and all that stuff, no suspensions or anything, but if everything stays how it should, there's really only like three, four, maybe five teams that should have a chance to win it all. And those teams in that 5-4 range, like Georgia is clearly – Georgia and Alabama are clearly the top two. If it's if it's another team wins it, it is an upset to an extent. Even if it's the third-place team, it's still an upset. Yeah, Georgia and Alabama will both play for the SEC championship being undefeated. One will lose, obviously. They'll both go to the playoff. You're going to get in. Michigan's going to get in. Michigan and probably an undefeated USC. Unless yep. Colorado. I have, the, I have the exact same four. I have the exact yeah. same four. It's not that hard. It's like those are the best teams in the country by far. And like Coach Prime, I was like, I'm coming. We come. Like you're not, you're not going to beat USC. But that was pretty impressive this weekend too. That's the only reason I made a little money this weekend was live betting Colorado. 
So here's the thing. So I actually had a friend that, that was telling me that he, he wanted to put the house on Colorado and he did end up making that bet. I told him, I, I gave him a little, a little just breakdown. I said, honestly, I know a lot of people believe in Colorado and Colorado has more bets than any team in the country to win the national championship. I said, but a lot of that is just hype. If you look at actual like experts and analysts and stuff, I said, I think that I am higher on Colorado than a majority of people are majority of like actual you know, like I said, media members. But that being said, Colorado was the most bet team of the entire weekend by far. And they were three touchdown underdogs. I was telling my friend, I said, in this instant, the odds makers are not stupid. They, when Usually when that happens, the public loses and the odds makers went out. So I, I'll admit, I was, I was in on TCU after seeing how much public money was on Colorado and what the line was set at. I said, oh, there's no way TCU loses this game. And evidently they ended up losing but i mean it was super cool to watch like it was awesome that colorado had the ability to do that i'm sure you saw this but they had 53 transfers the most ever of, of any team in, this, in the country right now and uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting to see what they can pull off this season yeah i mean people were like nobody can like what Dion did overnight basically is like something nobody else could do like well it's it's coach prime too like that's what we, they failed to account for like he had a real oh, a lot of athletes on the field the offensive line played a lot better than i think people expected them to that was the biggest hold up there and then his son shadur was unreal 510 yeah. yards in your first p5 game he looked so good yeah he looked he looked good travis hunter was great um the whole team he had like 112 yards receiving and an interception that's just he unreal too he should have that the the pick that he dropped was literally easier than the pick he made the pick he made was like ridiculous and, and he had that crazy catch in the end zone which they said was out of bounds and he dropped that other ball on like the 60 yard yep. 60 yard touch like he dropped that one and the heisman was should have been chilling at his crib according to Dion. but anyways we'll talk about college football a little more down the road we have the nfl coming up on thursday so that means we'll be doing nfl exclusively on wednesday it will just be a chiefs lion show but before we talk about that we need to do baseball for a day so smash the subscribe button and let's get into it. Grant, you can start. I will start us off, and I will start us off with an over of eight and a half runs in the Toronto Blue Jays Oakland Athletics showdown, if we want to call it that, even though not really much of a showdown, I guess, considering the athletics aren't that good. Jose Barrios will be on the mound for the Blue Jays in this one. He's 9 and 10 with a 370 ERA and a 122 whip, taking on Ken Waldachuk of the A's, who's getting better, but better by better, he's still got a 592 ERA for the season. And a 167 whip. Now, Berrios is big in name, but if you look at his recent outings, hasn't been that great. In August, he had a 553 ERA. His game log for earned runs goes 5 5, so 5 in the last two, 0, but then 4 and 3. So, not the best uh, run that he's been on. Waldachuk, like I said, has been improving, got a 460 ERA last month, but he's still yet to record a month under that, I do believe. And if a 460 is improving, then you know, we're not, you can't expect to get too much good from this guy. The A's did just sweep the Angels over the weekend, and they scored nine-plus runs in two of those three wins, and they're a top-half scoring team over the last two weeks. Now, that's not saying very much, but if you're an Athletics fan, then it is because they've had one of the worst offenses in the league this season. The Blue Jays have also been scoring a ton of runs as of late. Their recent scoring output goes 7-7-13-7. Four, but then six, seven, eight. So that's that's a lot of runs in quick succession. The Blue Jays do have a strong bullpen, which could be a problem for the A's, but the A's is pretty terrible. And because the Blue Jays are on the road, we're going to get nine innings of offense from them. And I would say it's pretty likely that the Blue Jays are going to win this game. So that means that we're probably getting nine innings of offense 
from both teams. So the over, even though because that line's at eight and a half, if it was nine and a half, maybe I'd be feeling different, but I do like the over of eight and a half. Yeah, I like the over there too. I think both teams are going to show up and hit a little bit, but the Blue Jays definitely going to carry the load here, Grant. Good play, good play. Thank you, thank you, Tanner. All right, Cubs versus the Giants here. This is an early start time. Justin Steele on the bump. For the Cubs, 15-3 and with a 2.69 ERA and a 1.17 whip. Cubs are playing for a lot right now, trying to get into that wild card position. Um, they are also only three and a half games back in the National League Central, so they still have a chance there, but probably the wild card, that's what they're looking at. Uh, when you look at Justin Steele, he's been sensational this season. Going against Logan Webb, who's been very good for the Giants, 9-11 record, that's just because the offense hasn't necessarily shown up every game. 1.1 whip there, 171 hits allowed in 180 innings. I think this is going to be a low-scoring, tightly contested game, but I do like the Gi- uh, the uh, the Cubs to show up at home. Guys like Cody Bellinger have been hitting the baseball like crazy, and this Cubs offense has been very dominant, coming off a 15-7 to win. Had a few low-scoring outputs before that. Giants also have lost four of their last five. So I think the Cubs are the hotter team here. They're at home. Giants have not won and been successful on the road that much this year. Um, especially with the West Coast trip or going from West Coast to the middle of the country. So tough spot for them. We take the Cubs. Yeah, I like the Cubs. This is one of my five favorite plays of the day, even though it didn't make my picks for the show here. Logan Webb had a very good year, or he's having a very good year, but he does have a 463 ERA on the road. Since this game is in Chicago, that could mean something. To your point, the Cubs just scored 15 runs yesterday, and they're going to keep playing in their home stadium where their offense does play better than when it's on the road. Giants got to fly to them, and they're not great on the road to begin with. I think the Cubs money line is a good pick here. Definitely. Cubs money line, lock it up. Yep, my second pick is going to be Orioles minus one and a half, Baltimore Orioles versus the Los Angeles Angels. Grayson Rodriguez is going to be on the bump for the O's in this one. He's got a 5.03 ERA for the year, but you got to remember, he had a terrible, terrible start to the season, went back down to the minor leagues. Ever since he's come back a couple of months ago, he's had eight starts, and during that time, he has a 2.86 ERA, and he really has not had a single bad game, so he's been very good. And he's taken on Kenny Rosenberg of the Angels, and and with the max mass exodus that has happened in the Angels, they had to pull this guy up from the minor leagues. He's only got two starts in the, or two appearances in MLB this season and five MLB appearances in his entire career. And during those, he has a 5.09 ERA and a 175 whip, which is you know pretty terrible. This season in the minor leagues, he went seven and seven with a 4.95 ERA and a 151 whip. That also is not impressive. The Orioles are 83 and 53 against the spread this season. That is the second best in the entire league only the Cincinnati Reds have been better the one little little note that I will throw out there is that they have been just about 500 against the spread over the last week or two so not at their absolute best but they're on the road they're going to get nines of offense they're taking on an Angels team that just lost 10 of their last 13 and the the Orioles did just sweep the Diamondbacks as well and they covered in at least two of them maybe all three so I'm going to take the Orioles minus one and a half here Never a bad bet taking the Orioles on the run line. I think they're going to win the American League East. They're only, I believe, two games up at this point or two and a half games up. But um, I think the Orioles win the American League East. And the big reason for that has been their offense. And that's what it takes to cover run lines, Grant. Um, So I'm definitely riding with you here. Awesome. Let's get into your second pick. 
All right, so you look at the Red Sox and Rays. This series actually trended under in the past three games. There's been six runs, eight runs, and then five runs scored. Both pitchers on the mound today in the Red Sox first Rays game are very talented. Brian Bayo going uh, for the Boston Red Sox, 10 and 8 with a 3.57 ERA and a 1.28 whip. The numbers were really good in the middle of the season, really good. Um, the beginning of the season is where they were not that good, and he's starting to be a little more inconsistent as of late coming off a start against the Astros where he went 4.2 innings, gave up a couple earned runs and four hits and two of those were home runs. So it just has not been as sharp as we saw earlier in the season or mid season. In my opinion, um, we look at the other side in this game though. Aaron Savale is going, he's been very good for the Tampa Bay Rays seven and three with two, six, four ERA and a one, one, one whip probably been one of their best pitchers uh, and most consistent pitchers this season. I think he's going to have a very good day against the Boston Red Sox offense that some days shows up and some days just doesn't um, Alex Verdugo's day to day. That hurts the Red Sox. If he doesn't play a day, he's been one of their best hitters as of late, both offenses, very good, very talented. This is a risk pick taking an under on eight with these two teams, but with the pitchers on the mound, I think it's worth taking the chance. Yeah, so Tanner knows this. I like the raise money line better in this situation, but there is better value for the for the over, either the over or the under, depending on which way you go with it. Um, Bayo, you know, you said he hasn't been at as sharp as of late. He still has a 334 ERA in August. So if that's not sharp, then when he's sharp, we know what he can deliver for you. And Savali, you know, he's got a 355 since he was traded to the Rays. But again, if a 355 is bad, then you're you're totally fine with that. Like you said, got a 264 for the year. The Ray, the Red Sox, excuse me, have the largest drop off in batting average from home to away. This game is being played at Tampa Bay. The the Red Sox hit 283 at home, but only 240. 45 on the road so obviously that would tell you to uh to lean under here and neither uh what's my uh where's my notes go oh here we go sorry lost my track here boston also has um they've had, had a really bad bullpen as of late which would be another reason that i personally like the raise money line but the raise bullpen has been pretty good and you know if your job is to limit runs and then under the raise can be able to do that so if i had to lean one way or another i'd probably go in under as well yeah, I would take the Rays money line as well, too, here. I do like the under. I'm just saying, like, Bayo, like, he was a 2.67 in May. He was a two one four in June. July, he spiked to a five four eight, back down to a three three four. So, a little inconsistent as of late. The opponent batting average in August, Grant, that was a three hundred. That's the scary part about him right now. Um, but he should be good today. I think the Rays offense can be contained, and I do think the under is – I think this is a low-scoring game either way. And this this is the kind of game, too, like I like the Rays, but the Red Sox could win. Like they, they don't show up against the Royals, but they'll show up against good teams, and you just never know what you're going to get with them. Yep, I do agree with that, absolutely. My final pick here, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres over nine runs. Taiwan Walker going to be on the bump for the Phillies here. He's got a really good record, 14-5. and five. Then he has a 405 ERA and a 131 whip, but he does have a 498 ERA away from home, and he's also got a 476 this month. One little weird note about him is he doesn't have a shutout in his last 12 games. Now, I'm not saying you need shutouts to be great, but, you know, you would at least like to see your starting pitcher have some of those games here and there to show you that, you know, he can consistently shut down offenses. If he's given everybody a chance to score at least, you know, at least one run, then everyone at some point a team's going to explode on him. He's taken on Rich Hill, who is 7-13 with a 5.26 ERA and a 150 whip. Rich Hill, also in five games with the Padres, has an 8.50 ERA, so that's, 
you know, pretty terrible. The Phillies have scored the second most runs in the league over the last 30 days, and they're actually ahead of every team, including the Braves, in runs per game during that same stretch. Padres don't rank as highly, but they play significantly better when they are at home, and this game will be in San Diego, so that's going to greatly benefit them. They just won three straight games against the Giants, and they scored 17 runs during that, so that's just about six runs per game. The Phillies fit the over in 11 of the last 16. The Padres fit the over in six of their last nine. I think both those trends continue, and we get an over here at nine. And we get a push if it does end in nine total runs, too. So over nine runs, Phillies-Padres, that's my final pick. Yeah, I like the over here. If you look at the past, let's see. If you look at every game of the series, I believe it's gone over the total, 13, uh, 13, 10, and 11. So, yeah, I do like the over here, Grant, but I would lean towards the Philadelphia Phillies on the money line. This could be my final play here. I think Taiwan Walker is just simply better than Rich Hill. As you were saying, Rich Hill's really struggled since being uh, with the Padres. Taiwan Walker, 14-5. and five. The numbers aren't necessarily great with a 4 ERA and a one three one whip, but the team finds ways to win when he's on the mound. That's what that 14-5 and five record shows there. Philadelphia Phillies as well, batting 20 points higher than the Padres right now. Their OBP's Pretty similar, but they're slugging 20 points higher, 30 points higher as well. Um, Pitching-wise, I think the Padres do have the advantage coming out of the pen here, but I like the Phillies. They've hit their stride. They're playing for a lot right now, and I'm going to take them, or the Padres really aren't playing for anything. Yeah, I would be leaning Phillies money line in this one as well. Definitely like them better than the Padres. Padres just aren't consistent enough. Everybody knows that. Yep, definitely. Well, that was six banger picks in like 10 minutes. Nice work. Yep, absolutely. And a nice little five-minute college football recap as well. Yeah, it was fun. The college football recap was fun because Brian Kelly needs to get shipped out of Baton Rouge and shipped back to like – no, he's not a, he's not an LSU guy. I can't he, believe they yeah, hired him. His personality is just so not LSU. No, it's not gritty. Like Coach O, it's gritty. Like that team is going to come out of the locker room and fight in the second half for Coach O. They ain't going to do it for Brian Kelly. And Brian Kelly's a better coach than Coach O, but to your point, they go about it in different ways. I don't, I don't think he inspires that same level of, of fierceness that Coach O did. If I was the LSU athletic director and I saw him come in and say family, like in two hours into arriving, I would say we got the wrong – we didn't get the right guy for the job. Where we and the, uh, the video of him dancing in, in the locker room during the recruiting yeah, visit blowing up last night. And that kid actually is now I was looking at the kids because everyone's sharing from his profile. That kid's an Alabama commit. So yeah, he, uh, I, I don't know if he was committed to them when he went or or he he was just visiting. But I know there was something like basically he, he ended up going to Alabama like a few days later. So that that whole video was for nothing in the end. And that's just a great meme. It's the yeah. best meme. Then there was a kid. Pretty good. <laughs> there's a kid. There's an FSU kid. He's like, can't spell LSU without the L. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that's good. I like that. All right. So that was Ride the Line. We'll be back on Wednesday with an NFL Thursday night football edition episode. That's what we're going to be doing every Wednesday. So the new schedule is going to be Monday is going to be Monday night football. Thursday will be Thursday night football. And then Friday will be Sunday night football or weekend, all weekend football. So sadly, it's probably the last baseball episode we're going to be doing here for a while. Maybe, you know, maybe when we get to the playoffs or maybe if there's some big games, we can throw them in with our with our Sunday picks or, yeah, our Sunday picks. But uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're not completely abandoning baseball, but it's NFL season. We got to show love to the NFL. Baseball blows. We're on to football. Anyways, that was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We will see you on Wednesday for another episode, the first NFL episode of the season.